to the Creation and Conflict podcast, where our goal is to focus not just on Genesis, but why too many Christians are more interested in conflict than the creation. I'm your host, Daniel Eaton, and I'm excited about starting this podcast. Why? Well, Matthew 12, 25 states that Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. In Proverbs 6, 16-19, it says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among the brothers. Romans 16, 17-18 says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive. Now, you ask what those verses may have to do with a podcast about creation. Well, it's important to realize that a specific view of creation, as far as how it happened or when it happened, has never been uh, in a historic creed of the church. The church history is full of debate on the topic. It's never been in a definition of orthodoxy, of what is Christianity. Even the modern-day Chicago statement on biblical inerrancy doesn't require a specific view of creation, even though that might have been the intent of some of the attendees there. Paul taught that sin entered the world through one man, Adam, both in Romans 5 and 1 Corinthians 15. He even refers to him as the first man, Adam. But the doctrine of sin begins with Adam, not with when Adam lived or the precise specifics of when and how things happened before Adam came to be. For us to cause conflicts in the church or in society over pre-Adam stuff is something that we really should avoid. Not only does it distract from the mission of the church, but it actually harms the mission of the church, and our effectiveness to follow the last command that Christ gave us to go into all the world and make disciples. Yet today we find ourselves in a situation of dogmatic battle lines where everything is partisan between science and faith, with both sides believing that their particular position is self-evident, that it's clear, But as G.K. Chesterton put in his 1933 biography of Thomas Aquinas, the quarrel between science and religion is the clumsy collision of two very impatient forms of ignorance. I love that particular quote, and I'll tell you why. Soldiers that are fighting for a cause, particularly in a volunteer army, believe in their cause. And when they go to war, 
they're not going to have their minds changed by any claims or statements from the other side. Basically, their mind is closed. Not only is their mind made up to the point that they're willing to go to battle over it, but they're also in a defensive position because they believe that any view contrary to their own is an attack. More often than not, it's perceived as a personal attack because our faith is a very personal thing. They don't hear the other side in order to understand it. If they listen at all, it's to listen to rebuke or defend their own beliefs against what the other side has said. So neither side is actually learning from each other. To uh, mix our analogies a little bit, they've jumped the gun, uh, believing that they have all the information that is out there. It's basically the Dunning-Kruger effect. You're not familiar with that. It's basically the belief that the least amount of knowledge that you have on a particular topic, the more confident you are that you're right about that particular topic. So as knowledge level increases, your level of confidence decreases. You basically understand that the more you know, the less you know. But people that have only been taught one particular view, and they've been taught that that particular view is the Christian view, and that particular view is foundational to the gospel or even a requirement for salvation itself, are overly confident and not as knowledgeable as they should be on the topic. If we're ever going to mature past a second-grade understanding of one of the most complex chapters in the Bible, Genesis 1, we're going to have to approach it again as a student or as a juror. A juror decides what legal truth is by letting all sides of the case put on their own case, and then they make the decision. They don't just listen to the prosecutor put on the prosecution, and listen to what the prosecution spins as the defense's case. They let the defense put on their own case with their strongest arguments, leaving out all the straw men that might be created in the debate, and then they make their decision once all the information is in. Now, most people learn about creation from one interpretation And if they've studied other interpretations at all, it's what their particular point of view has to say about those particular interpretations. And in a lot of cases, those depictions are gross distortions, if not outright fabrications, of what the other position holds. So we'll get into that more as the podcast develops. But that's why these verses that I mentioned are so critical, uh, particularly the one about creating obstacles contrary to the doctrines that you have been taught, uh, because smooth talk and flattery is being used to deceive the hearts of the naive, the people that are the least scientifically literate 
are having speakers come in with fancy titles or cute accents, spreading a lot of disinformation, spreading a lot of innuendo and a lot of suggestions to lead people to conclusions that are not really true. So we need to approach this topic as if we are in a college literature class and studying Genesis 1 and seeing Genesis 1 for the first time to see what it actually says, what it doesn't say, and a lot of the complexities that are in this chapter that we don't normally see whenever we think of it as a six-day creation flannel graph lesson that we received in Sunday school as a child. So that's what this podcast is going to be about. It's going to be about the conflict. It's going to be about why the conflict is unnecessary, how the conflict is harmful. Several of the main views, I've got about 16 lined up that we'll get into to some level of degree or the other. Uh, We're going to discuss the history of some of these main views because we are pretty much required to get there uh, due to some of the creation models out there. We're going to get into controversies over the flood. Was it global? Was it local? Did it kill everybody or not? Uh, And eventually, we will get into some of the other controversies or debates within the church. Things like end times eschatology, because believe it or not, one's view of end times can impact what they see in Genesis, and one's view of Genesis can impact their view of eschatology. So we'll get into that. That'll be a whole podcast in and of itself. But before we get into Genesis, we have a lot uh, to cover in this introduction, including who I am, and what you can expect from this podcast and how it's laid out. As I said before, my name's Daniel Eaton, and I got interested in this topic very early on in uh, the mid-60s to late 60s when I was doing my first genealogy project with my mother and my grandmother, and I learned that my grandmother's parents and grandparents, my grandfather's parents and grandparents, came from a religious environment where a flat earth was taught in the early 1900s. Now, at one time, that was a lot more shocking than it is today because there is a revival of flat earth thinking and uh, proponents of a flat earth today. But that really piqued my interest about why would a church teach this. And so I got into a study of biblical cosmology a little bit as I got my first adult Bible uh, in the mid-70s. It was a Schofield reference Bible, if anybody remembers those. And with all of the cross-references in there, I was able to go and follow what all the Bible had to say about things like this firmament. And uh, so I got got into that a little bit. But my biggest influence during this time was actually a subscription that my parents had to Acts and Facts 
uh, magazine. It was a little pamphlet that came out every month or two from the Institute of Creation Research. Institute of Creation Research is kind of the father of the most popular ministry in this area today, Answers in Genesis. Uh, it was founded by Henry Morris, who co-wrote the book in the early 60s that basically started this modern revival of young earth creationism um, as a new set of arguments for an old belief. Um, and we'll get into that when we get into the history of things a little bit more. But the church that I went to at the time was very legalistic. We did not uh, go to movies. We did not have a TV. And so whenever they brought in creationist movies to show to us, it was a really big thing for me as a child uh, because I didn't have a lot of exposure to that particular form of entertainment. And so I've just grasped this idea of young earth creationism with, with both hands. It was what the church taught. I was told it was what the church had always taught and that basically nobody believed otherwise except uh, those that had been fooled by Darwin. All that changed, however, in the early 1990s when I was listening to a Christian apologetics uh, radio show here in the Atlanta area, and they were interviewing Hugh Ross about his uh, recently published or upcoming book, Creation in Time. And for the first time in my life, I was exposed to the idea that, hey, there are Christians out there that actually believe something different than I do about creation. So that got me into a study of about two dozen different views of Genesis. Some of the people that have influenced me the most in this particular area was the recent findings of John Walton and his Lost World series. Uh, John Selhammer's book, Genesis Unbound, uh, opened my eyes to some different things. Um, Michael Heiser's excellent Genesis series on YouTube taught me some new things that I didn't know. And there's also two podcasts that I really have gotten a lot from. One is The Bible Project. Uh, they have a series of YouTube videos as well, but their Torah series on Genesis and the Old Testament series on, uh, uh, where they discuss Genesis are both very good. But then they also have some theme videos and, and podcast episodes relating to heaven and earth, relating to covenants and how they work, relating to the image of God and what it means to be created in the image of God. All those things have been very uh, instrumental in me putting together pieces that I had, and I wasn't quite sure how, it, how some of these things fit. Uh, the other podcast that I've really been enjoying of late is the BEMA or BEMA podcast. B-E-M-A, and uh, it is from a Jewish perspective on Genesis and on the Torah, showing how people 
from an Eastern mindset understand Genesis versus our more logical, sequential Western mindset. And they've pointed out some things that I had previously not seen in Genesis. And so things from all of these sources are going to be included in this podcast, as well as a lot of things that I have seen in the text that I have not seen argued elsewhere. That may be for a very good reason, because I may be wrong. But um, I basically got to the point that after studying so many different views of Genesis, I could actually read Genesis without the filter or the rose-colored glasses of one particular view of this is what Genesis says. And when I went back to it and I studied it with an open mind and I studied it without all of these preconceptions of what was in there, I actually learned a lot more from the text than I ever had before. And so that's the purpose of this podcast. It's to return to Genesis, trying to do it without the quote-unquote benefit of our existing worldview and our existing culture and our existing preconceptions of what the text says and learn new things from the text. My goal is to not change your mind over what particular interpretation you have of Genesis. My goal is to expose you to things you haven't seen in the text before and to show you why the church has had such a long history of accepting different views of the text and why the Eastern mindset and Western mindset see it totally different and why it's okay to be a Christian and hold to some of these other views. So what can you expect in the podcast? Well, it's not going to be on a very precise schedule, depending on health issues that I have, depending on my schedule, and depending on when I can find quiet time at the house, I will be recording bits of my Kindle book that are on Amazon or reflections from that, as well as some lecture series and blog posts and different things that I've written over the course of the last 20 years. And I'm going to be doing this in a slightly unconventional way in that if you want to listen to the podcast in the order in which it is recorded, you can use your favorite podcast software to sort it by publication date and listen to it in that order. But I'm going to be using the season and episode tags for the podcast to categorize the topics of the podcast. So if you're only interested in Genesis 1 topics, those will be listed under season 1. And I've got about 10 episodes of that already outlined of what I want to cover there. Uh, Genesis 2 and the topics of the Garden of Eden and Adam and where did he come from and when was he here and was he the first human? Was he the only human? All of that stuff will be covered under uh, season two of the podcast. 
and I've already got a couple of episodes laid out that I want to cover there. Season 3, likewise, will be Genesis 3, and that will get into the fall and what is death, was it spiritual death, was it physical death, those kind of issues. Was it a snake even? We're going to get into that. Season 4 is actually going to be on things that influence our view of Genesis. And I'm going to be doing season four early on in the podcast so that we can understand how the things that we know, the things that we believe to be true, our particular worldview, even our language, all makes us see Genesis through a particular set of glasses and how sometimes that can be a help, but sometimes it can be a hindrance in seeing other things that are there. So I'm going to be covering uh, about four episodes or so of this fourth category or season four early on in the podcast, uh, right after the introduction and a couple of other uh, episodes uh, before we get in depth into Genesis 1. Uh, Season 5 is going to be about the history of this topic. It's going to include what the early church fathers thought, some of the writings of the early church fathers on the topic, and it's going to include things like the Scopes Monkey Trial and different things like that, kind of from a historical perspective. We'll also get into things like the changes to what is called creationism today over time and how that has evolved and exactly where those where the current modern day version of creationism or scientific creationism which kind of segued into biblical creationism where all that came from genesis 6 going back to lining up seasons with with chapters is going to be covered in season six, and there's three or four episodes there that I have planned. That will include the extent of the flood, whether it was local, whether it was global, whether there were people that survived or not. There's a whole lot of stuff in Genesis 6 that we'll get into. But because flood geology is so central to Young Earth Creationism, we're going to have to get into the flood stuff as well. And the final season that I have planned is season seven, and that is going to be news and current events. And so I hope to get into the recent court decisions as it related to teaching creationism in school and the recent court decisions that relates to teaching intelligent design in school. We'll also discuss news items that may come up that may relate to creationism. Um, We'll discuss, uh, for example, the court cases related to the taxpayer funding of Ken Ham's Ark Encounter Ark Park as um, as a modern news story. But as there are additional things that come up with maybe this being a political season and maybe 
some of the candidates come out with a particular view on creationism or uh, how old the earth is or evolution or any of those kind of things, season seven will, will basically cover that kind of stuff. All told, I have about 30 different episodes that I would like to cover, but this is the important critical part. If you don't take anything else away from this introduction, take this. The purpose of the podcast is not to stir up debate. Like I said, uh, the very context of a debate sets up a relationship that is in conflict from the very beginning. And nobody learns if they're in a relationship of conflict. All they're interested in is winning the battle. Out of necessity, we'll, we will be discussing the different views, but the goal is to show why Orthodox Christianity has accepted these different views. And the ultimate goal is to get people back to acting like what the Creator desires from us in conversations that are characterized by love and grace and humility and a lot of the things that you do not see when you go to the average creation versus evolution or young earth versus old earth forums or groups on Facebook or whatever. Instead, we want to be discussing these things and learning more about what is in Genesis so that we can, as much as possible, defuse this mindset of conflict and confrontation. Now, if we run out of all the issues related to Genesis and creation and evolution and intelligent design and all of that to talk about, there are also several other conflicts and debates that have occurred throughout church history that we can delve into later. So it will get into uh, maybe diffusing things like views on hell or views on end times or whatever, views on baptism or Catholicism versus Protestantism or whatever. Those are also conflicts that we can hopefully using the, the groundwork of what we've covered in Genesis we can apply that same mindset to looking at some of these other things so that we start seeing fellow Christians as believers in the same God, seeing them as fellow Christians and not the enemy. Um, and we start seeing the world around us as somebody that needs to be reached and not conquered. Diffusing this idea of conflict is why I chose the URL that I did for the podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash conflict. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash conflict. And that's where you can see the episodes. You can read the show notes. You can even post questions. Uh, if we get a lot of questions, we may even have some season seven episodes on questions and answers. You can also reach me with comments, suggestions, questions at creationandconflict at gmail.com. So 
Thank you again for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Please share this podcast with your friends. Share it in any groups that you might have where you think that this might be beneficial. If you want to use this as as a basis for a Bible study discussion or something like that, that's great. That's what it's for. But I appreciate your support, and I look forward to doing this project with you. It's going to be a fun time.